Tonight, Liam Neeson is done with Star Wars and Batman. We learn more about Picard's hired assassin. And Chris Evans wants to cause someone pain. All that and more on this edition of Multiverse Tonight. Comic books, sci-fi, fantasy, and more. If you're looking for a roundup of geeky news, you're in the right place. This is Multiverse Tonight. Here's your host, Thomas Townley. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 64 of Multiverse Tonight. I am, of course, your host, Thomas Townley. Well, so far, we're uh, at the halfway point of uh, Star Trek Picard's first season. Uh, what have you thought about so far? You know, I've enjoyed it so far, but last week's episode was kind of dark. Uh, you had the deaths of a reoccurring Voyager character and the next-gen guest star. Um, I wonder when we run across Riker and Deanna. You know, they, they teased that real big during the in the promos and everything. And so far we're halfway through the season and we have yet to get to those characters. So I'm wondering where they are. Now, I was kind of expecting that they'd show up during Jonathan Frakes' uh, directorial run but again we're left empty-handed so i'm but uh all that aside i'm curious to what the follow-up show to the season is you know i'm hoping for you know the animated series lower decks you know i think it would be a good palate cleanser something light something funny you know we know that uh, discovery's next season is still a little dark with you know looks like you know the federation the federation's almost non-existent stuff like that so anyway there's a little orville news to report uh producer tom costantino who you might remember a few episodes back i had an interview with and i happen i'll have a, another interview with him uh once the uh season's announced and all that uh he showed a picture of an of an all-new much larger orchestra recording a new arrangement of the theme song I can't wait to hear it. You know, I love a good theme song. Anyway, let's go ahead and uh, start with some Star Wars news. Han Solo died in The Force Awakens, only to reappear as a Force ghost in The Rise of Skywalker. So I guess the question is, why? Harrison Ford, talking with Jimmy Kimmel on Jimmy Kimmel Live, uh, said to uh, Han's death, quote, he said, I figured that what his utility had been exhausted, bled out, and was, well, I was willing to die for the cause, bring some gravitas, unquote. Now, as far as his appearance once again in The Rise of Skywalker, he said, quote, no good deed goes unpunished. J.J. said, this is a good idea. I, J.J., have decided that this is a good idea, and I would like you to do it, unquote. Now, when Kimmel pushed him uh, further, if he trusted J.J. Abrams, Ford quipped, quote, don't you? Unquote. And uh, by the way, don't ask Harrison about little details. 
when a reporter for USA Today asked if his return in The Rise of Skywalker was because he was a, because he was a force ghost or just a figment of Ben Solo's imagination, the actor replied, quote, A force ghost? I don't know what a force ghost is. Don't tell anyone. I'm not, lo I'm not talking loud enough for your recorder. I have no bleep idea what a force ghost is, and I don't care, unquote. Now, keep in mind, he only works in outer space. The Mandalorian will have someone new to play with in Season 2. According to the Mat Men Wrestling Podcast, WWE superstar Sasha Banks will be appearing in the show. Could she be in charge of something? After all, her wrestling nickname is The Boss. Disney Plus will soon be coming to the rest of the world. But even though The Mandalorian Season 1 is all out in the U.S., doesn't mean that everyone else won't have to wait as well. Disney Plus's UK Twitter account has released the news that, like the US release, each episode will be doled out one at a time. Disney Plus and The Mandalorian will debut in the United Kingdom on March the 24th. Liam Neeson is out of the Star Wars and Batman phase of his career. In an interview with Entertainment Tonight, the actor, who has been Qui-Gon Jinn and Rish al Ghul, says he has no interest in returning to either. Quote, I'll be honest with you, no, it's not, I'm really not a huge fan of the genre. I think it's Hollywood with all the bells and whistles and the technical achievements and stuff, which I admire. But I have no desire to go into the gym for three hours every day to pump myself up, to squeeze into a Velcro suit with a cape. I admire the actors, and I know some of the actors who do it and do it fantastically. It's not my genre. It really isn't. The first Star Wars I was in that I was in that that was twenty two years ago, and I enjoyed that because it was novel and that was new. I was acting the tennis balls, which were ultimately going to be little fuzzy furry creatures and stuff. That was interesting acting wise, to try and make that some seem real. But that was the last. It's quite exhausting. Unquote. Uh well, you know, Kind of sounds like he just doesn't want to go back into the gym again. You know, maybe, you know, maybe he could portray a character, uh, uh, you know, comic book character with a gut. You know, or one that just, just, you know, tells the creature to, you know, get the hell out of the way. Anyway, the Fat Man is back. Boba Fett is back in Star Wars Bounty Hunters number one. The new comic from Marvel Comics and writer Ethan Sachs and artist Paolo Villanilli, excuse me, here, and here's the blurb, quote, Never betray a bounty hunter, especially if it's Boba Fett. Years ago, Valence and fellow bounty hunters Bosk and Boba Fett took on a mission that went sideways in a bad way after Valence's mentor, Nakano Elash, violently betrayed them. Valence's team barely escaped. With their lives, he never thought that he'd face his old mentor again, ever again, until Lash finally resurfaces under mysterious circumstances. Every bounty hunter in the galaxy wants a piece, and Valence and is hellbent on getting the prize first. He has a score to settle, but so does Boba Fett. Ethan Sachs, Old Man Hawkeye and the Galaxy's Edge, and Paolo Valnelli, Vader, Dark Visions, and Jedi Fallen Order Dark Temple are teaming up to bring you the bounty hunter adventure you've been waiting for this March. Star Wars Bounty Hunters number one is due out on March 4th.
So, you love the Mandalorian and the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. What do you do? Get a tattoo celebrating both, of course. A fan decided to get inked over uh, following the win. The tattoo features uh, Coach Andy Reid and, uh, and the Mandalorian armor and MVP Patrick Mahomes as the child. Now, me personally, I never get a tattoo, but, you know, the, the each their own. Yeah. It's really kind of a weird-looking tattoo. If you didn't know that that was Andy Reid, it just looked like a really, you know, an office guy in Mandalorian armor. Anyway, let's go on to some Star Trek news. Democratic presidential candidate Pete Buttigieg is a confirmed Trekkie. Speaking with Fox News, the candidate spoke of his love of Star Trek Picard. Now, let's uh, go to the videotape. Do you have a new guilty pleasure when you get a few minutes off the campaign trail? Is there some new show? Yes, I finally figured out how to do the app so that I can watch Star Trek Picard. And I'm a, a huge Star Trek fan, so uh, I'm really excited to see where it goes. Are, you're a big Star Trek fan? Oh, yeah, yeah. I grew up on The Next Generation. It's all about that. <laughs> you realize there was a generation before The Next Generation. <laughs> can you uh, do the Spock thing? I can, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, oh, all right. <laughs> you know, that's great. I'm all about free and fair elections, so get out there and vote. Don't let the uh, Russian trolls get you down. The newest recruit on Star Trek Picard's mission is the Rymelin sword fighter Elnor, played by Evan Evagoria. The Australian actor, who is also in the new Fantasy Island movie, spoke with ComicBook.com about finding Elnor's character and his relationship with Jean-Luc Picard. On how much he had to train to be good with those swords, he said, quote, I have no background in sword fight training whatsoever. I do have a very heavy boxing background, which can be used during fight scenes and stuff. It was pretty much the day I landed in LA. I got a phone call asking if I could come down to the studio. So I came down to the studio. I met the stunt team. I met my amazing stunt double. Anytime you see Elnor running along walls or running up and then flipping off some stuff, that's him. He can just do it the way, the way better than I can. And he makes me look amazing. In terms of the sword fighting, I went to the studio and was given my prop sword and we began going through sword fighting sequences and scenes from the show that, to start practicing. So the majority of the stuff that you see I'm doing in terms of fighting and sword play, unquote. On if he considers Elnor to be an outsider type character like Spock or Data, he told them, quote, yeah, I'd say he does. Every version of Star Trek has that character who's trying to understand the world and is looking at everything with a fresh face. I think Elnor continues that, unquote. As to uh, what will be coming up for Elnor in the rest of the season, Evan was, of course, evasive, but he did tell them, quote, I don't really want to give much away, but I will say there's some nice moments between Seven of Nine and Elnor. I don't really want to give too much away because it would just spoil the story. But there's some really great moments, but that really sticks out in my memory. And I have some really good scenes with Michelle Hurd as well as Patrick. Really, it's been a great ensemble cast. And I think we all work well off of each other. 
and I think you'll see how all of our stories interconnect and intertwine and how we each deal with the similar trauma we've experienced, but how it's affected each one differently." Unquote. Partrek, Picard showrunner Michael Chabon is busy answering fans' questions. One response he has, has was to, why all the swearing? His answer, quote, listen, no human society will be perfect because no human will ever be perfect. The most we can do, and as Star Trek ever reminds us, must do, is aspire to perfection and work to make it so. Nor can Foden perfect, as a wise Yang once said, until that impossible day is going to happen to is going to continue to happen and what does humans are going to want to swear the absence of swear words in star trek was never a matter of federation principle it was a matter of fcc rules writers of previous eras had no choice they were censored swearing is one of humanity's most ancient sensible and reliable consolations personally I would never consider any society that discouraged banned or abandoned the use of curse words to be a bleep dystopia." Unquote. In other words, the swear words were always there, they just couldn't get past the censors. I think it's okay, but they should make a censored version for family viewing, you know. Or, you know, you could just show it to your kids anyway. Anyway, uh, on uh, what's up with Commodore O and the sunglasses? When a true Vulcan has uh, second eyelids that would handle that bright sun, his response was that he's well aware the Vulcan wouldn't need sunglasses and suggested that it's a hint. Hint, hint. What does this accoutrement tell us about Commodore O? Hint, hint. Let's just put it this way. If something seems off, maybe you should log that away for later in the story. Maybe it has a point. Maybe it has a pur purpose. Hint, hint. Is Rebecca Remains number one coming back for an encore? The actress, in a recent interview where she was launching her own line of jewelry, spoke to fashion site The Daily Front Row. She told them, quote, I've, always so, I've also been working on Star Trek here and there, but I can't really talk about that, unquote. She can't really talk about it? Isn't all her Star Trek stuff out? Or is there something that hasn't been released? Are we making too much of her choice of words? Eh, probably. If anything does truly develop, you know, I'll let you know. Jerry Ryan's Seven of Nine finally appeared in the fourth episode of Picard. However, it wasn't easy for Jerry to find Seven's voice again. The Hollywood Reporter spoke with the actress before the season began, when asked about, about what the biggest change she had experienced with the new show, she said, quote, The scale of the show, the scale of these sets, the costumes, it's crazy. It's like you're doing a feature film every week, unquote. And she was also very surprised by the technical set design, saying, quote, In one of my scenes where I had to go and work a console, we go in for the first rehearsal, and I had to touch buttons, and the screen actually does something. And I totally flipped out like, oh my god, actually having buttons that work. Unquote. She also talked about her first day working with Sir Patrick Stewart on the set, saying, quote, My first scene, the big scene, was the one you saw in the trailer, where 
when we're in his office slash ready room. That was my first day on set. It was daunting. Not just because it was Patrick, but because I was still petrified or Patrickfied of if I could find the character again. I was still trying to figure out who she was, unquote. However, she did have backup in finding her character, thanks to director Jonathan Frakes. Quote, I was so fortunate because Jonathan Frakes was directing my first episode. So with that, I knew I was in good hands. Frakes, more than anyone else, would get the importance of revisiting and being true to these characters, because the challenge for me is, where has she been for nearly 20 years? Finding her voice was the hardest thing for me. When I read the first script, I just couldn't hear her voice anywhere. Ryan uh, went on to recall that it took her the first couple of takes before she felt like she found Seven. But once she did, quote, Freaks just sort of walked in and said, there she is, unquote. Her return, w w you know, from my end was excellent. And I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. Uh, you know, I'm hoping that she, you know, she turns up later in the story, perhaps to rescue Picard at a, at a key moment. You know, it's very, very good. Now, let's go on to some geek news. Well, here's a pleasant surprise. Rick Moranis is returning to acting after a 20-year hiatus to raise his children after the death of his wife. Now, uh, he will be back in a new sequel to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, titled Shrunk. The new movie will star Josh Gad as Rick Moranis' son, Wayne Zielinski, and be directed by Joe Johnson, who also directed the original movie back in 1989. Rick has not appeared in a live-action film since 1994's Little Giants. The prequel series to the CW's The 100 has started casting. According to Deadline, Iola Evans from Amazon's Carnival Row, Adian, Adian Bradley from CW's Riverdale, and Leo Howard of Why Women Kill have been cast in the backdoor pilot for the yet-to-be-titled prequel. The backdoor pilot episode will air sometime during the seventh and final season of the show. The Stargate franchise has been quiet since 2011. MGM tried to gauge interest in a new series a couple of years ago with a prequel web series, but it apparently didn't do enough to convince the studio to go ahead with anything new. Comicbook.com checked in with creator Roland Emmerich to see where things are with anything new. Emmerich said, quote, Yeah, I kind of talked a little bit with MGM about Stargate, but I think this is going nowhere because there was another TV show and they kind of realized that if it's like some sort of a mixed bag, unquote. You know, it seems to me that if Stargate fans really wanted to see a new series, then you better show up. You know, download the old episodes, you know, and put those on constant streaming, you know, send letters to MGM, put, you know, talk on Twitter, you know, do stuff that shows that you want something new or, you know, it's going to be a long, long time before anything new is seen. The fifth Indiana Jones movie will start filming in just a few months, according to Harrison Ford. 
The actor, in an interview with Ellen, said that it would start sometime this summer or late summer, seemingly implying that it would be around July or August. The movie was originally scheduled to be out this May, but has been pushed all the way back to July 10th of next year. Let's hope it's just something better than The Crystal Skull. Goonies Never Say Die Well, it looks like Fox Tolgen has begun development of a sort of Goonies reboot. The show is about a troubled teacher who attempts to make a shot-for-shot -shot remake of the cult film with three students. Here's the description, quote, After failing to make it in New York and carrying a heavy secret with her, Stella Cooper returns to her distressed automotive hometown to substitute teach. She finds inspiration, hope, and ultimately salvation when she agrees to help three students who are pursuing their filmmaking dreams by putting together an impossibly ambitious shot-for-shot -shot remake of one of their favorite movies, The Goonies. Over the course of the season of the potential series, their passion will inspire a town in desperate need of hope in this love letter to the power of cinema, storytelling, and dreams." Unquote. So, uh, well, don't hold your breath, though. Uh, this project is untitled and it's just in the, you know, planning stage. So, it could, you know, go all the way. It could stop right here. I'll let you know if anything develops. HBO's sci-fi comedy, Avenue 5, has been renewed for Season 2. The show starring Josh Gad and Hugh Laurie trapped on a space liner with really horrible people seems to have gotten over with a lot of fans. You know, I've been, enjoy been enjoying the few episodes I've seen. You know, it's a, it's a pretty uh, good show. The Hoed Reporter has broken the news that Chris Evans is currently in negotiations to play dentist Oren Shrevello in Greg Berlanti's reboot of Little Shop of Horrors. Warner Brothers is making the movie and other possible actors up for roles include Scarlett Johansson and Taron Egerton. No possible release date is known. Now this next story is sad and a little strange at the same time. Veteran stuntwoman Cheryl Sanders who has performed in Back to the Future Part 2, Vi Warshawski, The Thomas Crown Affair, and The Lethal Weapon series, was killed in a shootout outside a million-dollar home in Yellow Springs, Ohio. Fox 6 News in Ohio, Ohio reports that Cheryl uh, Sanders and her husband were shot and killed after they allegedly threatened her ex-husband, Robert Duncan, and his wife in, the, in, the, in the Robert's driveway. Officers responded to the shooting on February 13th in Miami Township, Ohio, and found the couple dead outside her ex's house. Sanders and her husband don't live in Ohio. They live in North Carolina, according to the county attorney. Now, Sanders' ex told the police that Cheryl pulled up in a car, got out, and went towards Duncan's wife, Molly. According to Sheriff Gene Fisher, Cheryl Sanders was, quote, threatening to kill the guy's wife and Robert Duncan fired upon that person." Unquote. Now, both Robert and Cheryl Sanders died from multiple gunshots. Apparently, this is not the first time Cheryl Sanders has attempted this. Apparently, this had been a long-planned murder attempt as there was a surveillance camera put on the house that broadcast to a cell phone found in the couple's car, and Robert Sanders had multiple forms of ID on him. The investigation 
is still continuing. Well, that brings us to the end of another sci-fi edition of Multiverse Tonight. Now, uh, be sure to check us out on social media. We're at Twitter, at Multiverse Tom. We're also on Facebook and Instagram as well. And uh, if you like to contribute to uh, further further develop the show, you know, contribute some money, go to mtpodcast.com to go to our coffee, Patreon, or glow.fm links as well. And be sure to visit Multiverse Tonight dot com to, to check out the affiliate marketplace links the link to our t public store our show notes and much much more and uh, if you're a subscriber be sure to share us with your friends and if you're brand new to the show please be sure to subscribe you know leave us with some feedback and uh, let us know how we're doing now special thanks to Shane Ivers for our intro music and Lobo Loco for our outro theme music. Thanks for watching the sci-fi edition of Multiverse Tonight. We'll be back in just two days with the comic book edition. Now, please exit the universe in an orderly fashion. Good night. Multiverse Tonight is a production of Half-Baked Genre Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.